Does everybody know what time it is? Three, two, one. Blast off. That's right. It's grunt work in space. In space. Major Tim to ground control. Mark's feeling really poor. And I'm grunting in a most peculiar way. And my jokes on Al hit different today. For here I am, floating like a tool man, far above the world. Wilson's words are true, and there's nothing I can do. Except listen to Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that's got the right stuff. By which I mean actor Jeffrey Wright's personal belongings. We stole them. Can I have his beard? (laughs) Yes, you're welcome to it, so long as, you know, so long as I get his car keys. I'm your host, Truman, the Moon Landon was faked man, Caps. And with me as always is my co-host Landon, the one small step for Truman man, Solano. (laughs) Dear God. I am so impressed that I got that on the first try. I felt certain I was going to fuck it up. A <laughs> uh, couple notes. One, yeah. Um, you said grunt in a whole new way. Yeah. Did he though? I mean, <laughs> not okay, the spoiler okay. alert. The end of the episode, but I'm I'm gr- grunting in a most peculiar way. Oh, it's still. not a whole new Did way. Did he? I mean, it's no, he didn't. No, okay. It was it was completely to fit. It was completely to fit the structures of the song. But I will okay, okay. I will grant you the grunts did not evolve in any way. <laughs> Second, uh, Jeffrey Wright's beard has been my uh, pub trivia name for <laughs> the last couple times I've gone. Are 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 you implying that Jeffrey Wright is gay and is with a woman to deflect <laughs> suspicion about no, that, or just no. it's specifically his facial hair? Just I am so in awe of his facial hair. I it just it is. Something to behold. It is majestic. I'm looking it up right now, actually, just so I can see. And I'm finding out that my internet is down, so I guess I won't see. But I'm picturing Jeffrey Wright's beard right now. And I don't know. It never stood out to me before. I was thinking more of just about his his really thoughtful and nuanced performances. Mm. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. That's a solid beard. Oh, man. It's a good beard. I mean, it's, it's thick. It's full. It just... it covers his like every inch around his mouth <laughs> i i know i mean it's like and it's it's so well manicured in these in these westworld shots too it's just like it's got a very distinctive shape to it i yes. like it it's a good beard it's <laughs> I, and not to diminish it because this sounds like i'll be be a little <laughs> derisive of it but it, it almost looks like you know a nintendo wii beard <laughs> <laughs> what like the like the it's ones so just, perfectly shaped <laughs> it's it's just complete it's completely rounded it's like a, a yeah. mobile figurine or something like something you just snap <laughs> onto their face yeah yeah <laughs> i would i would snap his beard onto my face i okay well geez landon okay i mean he you know now you might need a beard at this point um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, I guess welcome back to to Beard Work, the podcast about uh, our favorite facial hair. Uh, yep. You know, uh, uh, this week we discuss Nick Offerman. Uh, no, that's <laughs> no. We, we're, every week we talk about Richard Carn. I mean, that's, yes, that's the only beard that matters here on Grunt Work. Um, I, 
I actually had occasion to send a picture of beardless Richard Karn out in a work slack the other day. I know, I know. One of my coworkers who has always had a beard shaved it, and it broke all of our brains, and so I had to send that picture along to describe the experience. And I guess most of the people I work with don't have the same very intense relationship with home improvement that I do, because none of them commented on it or liked it or anything. Sort of oh, embarrassing. It's the worst. I hate that. I, I listen. I I was I was dying up there. Never go for home improvement content at work. I guess. Uh, I don't know. I made a lost reference. Someone in our our chat had said something, and then I put um, the gif of uh, Matthew Fox saying, "We have to go back." <laughs> and then I realized she's not thirty yet, and <laughs> that loss came out when she was four years old. So, oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, that made me feel weird. She might be familiar just with the GIF as like a meme off the internet. I guess depending. so. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe TikTok yeah. is doing the lost reference challenge. Regardless, it didn't land. Um, anyway, mm. let's get to what we actually do on the show, which is home improvement. Because I, I, I listen, I could talk about Jeffrey Wright's beard all day long, and I'd I be believe happy. him, folks. I would be very happy to do so. Yes. But before we get to this week's episode, I have a bit of a preamble, and I'm going to need Ooh. you to go on this journey with me. I, okay, I you know you you always say that to me as though I'm going to say no, land, and I'm not going to go on a journey with you. I you know I'm never willing to go on journeys with you. I just I, you know I want your consent because someday there's going to be that one day where you're like you know what I've gone on my last journey. Okay, well that today today is not that day. Let's okay, go great. on a journey, land, and hand in hand. <laughs> Beards firmly snapped onto our faces. Perfect, perfect. Okay, now, forgive the preface here, but I started a new tradition this year. I Mm -hmm. am turning 40. It's a big deal, kind of, but not really. And I wanted to start something that is very specific to me. Uh, And so I I started this tradition called... (laughs) It's intentionally self-indulgent and campy okay i call okay. it land in palooza <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it already okay. and it is a challenge to myself that for the first month or two leading up to my birthday i will watch one film from every genre from every decade in chronological order all films that i've never seen before uh from the beginning of cinema until modern day okay uh so i have 125 films that i'm going through right now that i've never seen uh or at least it's been so long since i've seen them that i might as well have not have seen them when you say every genre i just have to ask is porn included in in that (laughs) or no no porn is okay not included porn is not included that's strictly pro bono it's not part of land and palooza Porn does go back to one of the first, you know, obviously you get a camera, they're going to oh, film yeah. someone naked. So uh, it goes back to the the very first uh, films ever created. But yeah, uh, so I, I think you could do it if you wanted to. But yeah, I'm not doing it. That's what, that's what I'll do when I turn 40. I will watch okay. porn from every decade that film has existed. <laughs> going to uh, see a lot of evolutions in pubic hairstyles. That's my first assumption. Anyway, go on, please. <laughs> so- Here's um, here's where that preface was necessary. Uh, I just wanted to give context for why I watched Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> oh, 
fuck, Herbie the Love Bug. All right. Wait, now, is this one you hadn't seen or one that you saw a very long time ago? I'm, so this is the original from 1968. I'm sure I'd seen it on the wonderful world of Disney growing up, but I have not probably seen it in 35 years. Oh, I my mean, God. I mean, it's been so long that it, it just lives maybe in the recesses of my mind. Uh, it could just be, like, fragments of it. But that, that This was a movie, just FYI, that I watched all the time as a very young boy. So I so <laughs> which, it's in the fragment of my mind. Which I remember from a previous episode we've done. Okay. Uh, which is kind of what got me thinking about this. Yeah. Um, so I watched Herbie, and I started just thinking and looking at the sequels, and then I came to, of course, Herbie Fully Loaded. Mm-hmm. The Lindsay Lohan, Michael Keaton yes. movie. Yes. Who could forget? And I realized at the time of, you know, around the turn of the century to 2005, maybe at the latest, Disney was trying to reboot a lot of their live action stuff. Yeah. Right? So we got our Herbie. We got that darn cat. <laughs> we did. Darn it. And we got the shaggy dog. Starring Tim Allen. Woof, indeed. Yes, that title, uh, that that title, that uh, poster still haunts my dreams. It is terrifying. Oh, those those, Uh, those mournful human eyes. Yes, and that's a whole other conversation. I we have Gruntwork has more oddball connections to that movie than I think we realize, but that's that's for a different day. Here's the culmination of this journey. Yes, I came to the realization. Oh. Tim Allen, biggest star in the world when they are rebooting these movies. Yeah. They say, hey, let's reboot. Reboot. Let's reboot it. <laughs> let's reboot Herbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually, re- that is probably whatever Canadian executives greenlit that. Let's reboot Herb. Herbie. <laughs> uh, why? When you have Tim Allen in your Disney payroll. Shit. Do you put him in the Shaggy Dog and not the car movie? <laughs> Landon, that's an incredibly good point. Because also, Michael Keaton would probably be better in the Shaggy Dog because he's more of a physical comedian. Yep. Whereas Tim Allen's brand of comedy is largely guy who likes cars. And I'm not going to lie, it's I think Herbie is an interesting... Uh, combination. I think it would pair well with his humor. Like, it would allow him to kind of deflate the male ego thing he has going on, but still indulge in his car culture love. Yeah, I mean, because also... The, the, just the power dynamics are suddenly become interesting. Like, Tim is so obs- obsessed with cars on home improvement mm-hmm. and driving cars and everything. But then when he's got a car that suddenly can take over from him and will be driving around and everything, I can see Tim both being very upset by that, by not being able to have control over the car, but also fascinated and unable to t- tear himself away from it. That's yes. a... Yeah, that's a huge missed opportunity, Disney. What the fuck are you guys thinking? <laughs> Uh yeah, I just I once it locked into my head, I could not stop thinking about anything else for the rest of that movie. By the way, I, Herbie, that's a dark fucking film. Doesn't Herbie try to commit suicide at some point in the first Herbie? He not only tries to commit suicide, he has to be pulled off the ledge. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a whole friggin' scene. Like it's yeah. a thing. It that, is no. a moment in the movie that stops the momentum so that Herbie can. Go kill himself. 
I I remember, like, as a kid, that scene making a huge impression. I mean, to the fact that I remember it at this point, like, this guy trying to talk Herbie off of the edge of... I think it's the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Herbie's yeah. gonna, like, jump off a bridge. He's, that was a, he's pulling that was a frightening. Jimmy Stewart, and he's pulling it. It's a wonderful life. I mean, like, yeah. he's ready to... He's ready to go. Every Volkswagen on that carrier died, Herbie, because you weren't there to save your brother. <laughs> Um, now that wow. why is that not a Herbie sequel? Uh, where, where we find his siblings? I yeah. Well, I mean, look. Well, so, well, yeah. If they made if they made all of the Air Buddies movies where yeah. where Air Bud's children become superheroes, why can't we get movies about Herbie's various uh, siblings? <laughs> I mean, I guess the logical reason is that he was a he was a Volkswagen bug that was already old in the 1960s, which means that probably his older siblings were all Nazis. So, <laughs> oh no, maybe maybe we best leave that uncovered that okay. stone is better yes. unturned um, i'm done with the with the herbie connection here uh <laughs> per- perhaps perhaps the reason he went to monte carlo is because he had some relatives who fled to south america in the late 1940s <laughs> who can say who can say for sure um oh my god th- that being said when i when i saw that disney plus had all the herbie movies and i watched a bunch of their trailers and had massive nostalgia hits from all of them realizing that i'd rented all of or my rather my mother had <laughs> rented all of these for me on vhs a million times as a kid i repeatedly was like should landon and i make a podcast about the herbie movies because the, <laughs> like the, there's something here something is happening inside me with the herbie movies not in a gross way um but that's a that's a Top-notch, top-notch content. Amazing revelation, Landon. I completely agree <laughs> with you. you. Disney <laughs> Disney done goofed. Um, but we aren't here to talk about Herbie, the love bug. We're here to talk about not. the TV show Home Improvement. Oh, which yes, we are. We are in the pen- penultimate episode of the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and as we all know from watching HBO shows, the penultimate episode is where the biggest, most plot-relevant shit of the season goes down all the big Mm. storylines get tied off so this is a densely plotted very very uh uh like momentous episode of home improvement (laughs) where a lot of big stuff happens i cannot wait to get into this episode with you (laughs) oh boy um landon what happened on home improvement this week oh okay 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 so haikus are you know about poeticism it's about simplicity and po- telling poeticism a... is that a word <laughs> it is now okay okay cut print it's Listen, done the, the listeners that are going back and listening from the beginning <laughs> we have a few for some reason choosing to do that um, can you please put together a dictionary of all the words i've created <laughs> during the course of current work <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and while while we're at it, uh, maybe put together a, um, a a dictionary of all the words that I have grievously mispronounced, including at the end of last week's episode where I I somehow said like you know operate operators or standing by or something like that. Oh, I don't your, even know what I your said. Outro joke. Yeah, my outro <laughs> joke that I mangled badly and then said to you immediately after we finished recording. Yeah, I'll record a new one and then did not do that anyway. <laughs> yeah um yeah if if you're listening to this podcast do work for us go on please (laughs) all that to say uh i was going to do a very epic haiku string here to tell this episode but i decided no i need to do this justice and i'm gonna do it in two okay so here's a nice simple haiku synopsis for you all right tim gets selected 
to be sent to outer space to use, use tools. Yes, really. But Mark is troubled by having his heart crushed. So Tim stays home instead. That's pretty solid. That <laughs> I mean, it's it's airtight. I love that you thought. So was your epic haiku chain going to just describe every scene of the very long montage in this episode? Was <laughs> it was, was going to be a haiku per gag, basically? Yeah, and a, and a few mental tangents. Yeah, all of it. Beautiful women distract <laughs> the astronauts from competing with <laughs> Tim. That There you go. That's one of them. That's one of the scenes. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Truman, do you want to guess the title of this episode? Yes, Landon. I would love nothing more. I have a few options. I, okay. Um, now, I, I, I hate doing this, I, but I feel it's appropriate. This... Yeah. The title of this episode is yes. so fucking Truman that oh, really? I am not 100% convinced that you don't have a time turner <laughs> and went back in time to write this episode. Uh, or, okay. or that you figured out how to hijack uh, IMDb and change the episode name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look... it. I, given how bad I am with even just logging into a single social media account, I, I don't think that I learned how to hijack IMDb. I don't think okay, I'm one of right. the bad guys in the Sandra Bullock film, The Net. Um, <laughs> okay, but I'm excited to see if I've got it then with any of these. All right, okay. All, all right, first option. A Paul, oh no. <laughs> uh, no, that's not it. It's a mm. good. That's a good one, but. Thank you. I, if you get this for how audacious this title is, I, I think we have to celebrate somehow. Okay, I'm curious okay. what your next guesses are. Go ahead. All right, all right. Nut up or shuttle up? <laughs> okay, all right. I like that. It plays a little bit into like the the boot camp aspect. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, okay. For Al mankind, <laughs> I'll give that one to you because it's not. Amazing documentary. Yes. Yeah. Wait. Is that the one about about uh, Apollo Eleven? Just uses all the footage from from the the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I. I well, it is a hundred percent. But um, I think it also. I think it's just about the Apollo program. I don't think it's specific to Eleven. Okay. It's not the. Okay. Well, there's also the Apple TV Plus show, the alternate history oh, no, no, show. No, this, about, yeah. This Dif- documentary is from the seventies. Oh, I see. Oh, well. Okay. Different. Very different thing. Um. Okay. Last one. And I feel like I'm not going to get it. Wilson, we have a problem. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, he, he does has a have problem, a problem every episode. Yes, and he talks to Wilson about it. Yeah. So, re- yeah. so really, this applies to every episode of Home Improvement. Um, I think you would not have needed much longer to arrive on the real one. In fact, I want to give you one more shot because I, okay. I think this is so in your wheelhouse. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, I'm wa- I'm waiting for one more guess. Oh, one more guess. I mean, I don't have like I don't have any other guesses written down. But let me think. Uh, 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 uh um, mm, for, I mean, for all tool mankind. No, I I'm keep I keep falling back on that one small step for tool man. Uh, <laughs> uh, That's actually what I. That sounds more like a home improvement title. Yeah. Than what we actually have, which sounds like a tournament title. Oh man. Uh. Mm, 
the the right tools. No, that's we, not. We did have the right stuff with the W-R-I-T-E oh, yeah, uh, we as did. an yeah, episode I, this season. Wouldn't it be funny if they went back to that well? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually, I think it would have been. Um, the wrong stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, uh, gosh, this is so much pressure on me now. Uh, are, are there any hints you can possibly give? Uh, it's in the sci-fi film genre. Mm, uh, 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 mm, a, mm, uh, something like, I don't know, like a, a sp- Space. I, I'm trying to think of, like what's a space odyssey. Um, mm, t- I what? I, uh, it's not like Tool Thousand One, a space odyssey or something, is it? <laughs> it's yes. Wait, no, it's not. I, I and now I'm dubious that you you. I, this is Fry giving you a squinty eye, suspicious look. Wait, yes. wait, wait, wait. Is it is it actually Tool Thousand One, a space odyssey? <laughs> it is Tool Thousand One, a space no. odyssey. <laughs> no, you're joking. Now I've got to look this up. I've got to look this up. That cannot possibly. Be, they didn't actually call it Tool Thousand One, a space odyssey. <laughs> it is called. Tool Thousand One: A Space Odyssey, and it aired on May ni- uh, 12, oh, 1998. Oh my God, that's the episode <laughs> directed by Peter Bonners and written by the famous team of Bruce Ferber and Lloyd Garber. I don't believe that I got that. That is absolutely insane. That I mean, I guess it's true. It is the most Truman title you've ever had. Oh my God. <laughs> well, wow. besides the title, how did you feel about this? episode uh you know uh you know no i I don't tell me use your words i i don't i don't have any left since they've been stolen from me by the writers of home improvement like years and years ago um i'm trying to think of any other show where two or three times a season they just go fuck it one of these episodes is gonna be 50 percent montage like and and 50 percent other plot stuff like i no other show that I can think of aside and I have from Home questions about the montage that. too. Uh, the montage will will take up some time. Um, <laughs> I don't love. Don't the, worry, the rest of the episode will not. Yes, the, it's just paper thin, guys. Um, I don't love that Mark being a goth is kind of just shorthand for Mark's having a rough year, which is yeah. what what is said in this episode. Um, but I do yeah. think. I mean, that, yeah, we'll get into that. I, I do think that the overall message of the episode is sweet, though, like that Tim eventually gives up on going to space so he can help out Mark. That is right. that is the opposite of the episode last season where Tim um, basically betrays Mark <laughs> by injuring himself so he can make a uh, Tool Time episode to, to show up Bob Vila. And then, yeah. like, Mark is pissed at him, but Tim avoids any accountability by enlisting the Blue Angels. Here, at least, Tim makes a <laughs> sacrifice for the good of his family. Um, yeah, yes, and I'm surprised they didn't actually bring up that previous uh, experience, and we'll get into that, too. I, I, yeah. I'm going to earmark a bunch of these things. What did, what did you think, Landon? I wrote almost the same note I wrote last time. You wrote no notes last time, so... <laughs> Which is, what did I just watch? <laughs> it's it's a weird one. This is, a, like, it's not the weirdest episode we've watched. Don't get too excited, but it's it's I... a strange episode. I might argue that it is, um, mm. and I, I I have my reasons. I'll make my argument later. 
Okay. It's okay. Bizarre. Um, here's my overall thought, though, and I'm going to pose this as a question to you to open it up to discourse. What when you say your overall thought is this your thought on the overalls that Jill is wearing in the first scene? <laughs> well, Heidi's not wearing them anymore. Someone's got to fill the I guess, overall void. I true, true. Yes, the overall void, different from the void where the grunt creep lives. <laughs> um. Okay. Here's my question to you. Yes. Do you think they're getting bored with the show? I mean. A little bit, yeah. I think, like, with last week's episode being kind of an oasis in that, but it does feel like they've been throwing a lot of just kind of, I don't know, what if Tim got (laughs) interested in aliens? I don't know, what if Tim goes to astronaut school? Fuck it, right? What if they find diamond smugglers in Europe? What else can we do? Well, and here's a thought I had was... Last week's episode, this week's episode seems to be falling back on like a certain unfortunate familiarity with the characters that no longer really held true at the beginning of the season. Mm. But now they're using it, especially in this episode, as a kind of shorthand to be able to go to wackier places. Mm. And it feels kind of, it feels, I mean, as far as characters go, it feels kind of inauthentic. But I don't know the the like more they're pushing for or, or striving or really reaching for these concepts, the more I feel like it's lazy. So it's it's almost like the more work they put in, the worse it feels. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, compare that to last week's episode, which I loved, where the entire episode pretty much takes place on one set. They haven't really, and there's really not character actors to to at least to my recollection, but like, like, like last week was very simple episode that was very well executed. This episode is very complicated and has a lot of other locations and shit in it and isn't very good because it's just, it's just all (laughs) razzle dazzle. It's all, it's all frosting, no cake. Yeah. And being someone who ate too many Oreos earlier today, uh, let me tell you, it doesn't make your stomach feel too great. (laughs) Oh, no, guys, I mean, you can't, you can't do that, you can't do that to us, you can't give us only frosting, we need a little bit of cake, we need a little bit of cookie in there. Just a tiny bit. Just, just, just a, just a wee smidge. Um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) so do you want to, I mean, do you want to crack this open, do you have more reflections, or do you want to just, like, start getting into the, the, the mysteries of, uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, which I still cannot believe is what this episode is called. Uh, yes, let's start our auxiliary power units, uh, arm our solid rocket booster range, uh, safety, and arm devices. Let's start orbiter aerosurface uh, profile testing, and followed by the main engine gimbal profile test. Retract the gaseous oxygen vent arm, close and lock their visors, uh, our, our visors, <laughs> transfer, mm, <of> course. <laughs> Transfer orbiter from ground to internal power. Launch or sequencer to go to uh, for auto sequence to start. Activate launch pad sound suppression system. Activate the main engine hydro- hydrogen burnoff system. Command en- uh, main engine start. Ignite solid rocket boosters. Release the boosters. Lift off from the launch pad and venture to where no one has gone before the outer reaches of the deep dive. Truman. Landon, I sorry, I was just start? catching up on some emails there. Yeah, go on. At home. <laughs> yeah, we. Jill is at- bringing down some uh, uh, box of old baby photos and 
is clean in some uh, what's to organize them. What yeah. happens here? Well, so she wants to organize some some old family photos, which Tim thinks is going to take a prohibitively long amount of time. Jill, though, is worried that she feels like she's been neglecting the family lately. Um, as they go through some of the old pictures, uh, they find a picture of the boys from the summer of 1991, which elicits a major awe from the crowd. And then at this, the three currently aged boys walk in, being very <laughs> much late teenagers, and uh, Tim and Jill take a moment to reflect on everything that's happened since the summer of 1991. Painfully um, 1998 teenagers. Oh, my God. Yes, the, the hat I, <laughs> that Brad is wearing, the, like, bucket hat. <laughs> the bucket hat with the, like, post-hippie 90s acid shirt. Mark with his neck collar, his spiked neck collar. And uh, collar, is that what I'm saying? Neck collar? Yeah. Yeah, neck collar. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's where a collar. A collar typically goes around your neck, so you don't need to call it a neck collar. It's like calling a spiked spiked collar. It's like it's like calling your pants leg pants or something. (laughs) I'm just gonna put on my finest torso shirt and go out there. Excuse me, I just have to grab my head hat and then we can get going. (laughs) Although they do call it a wrist watch, so I guess other people have you know felt the need to double up on 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 you know garment location names before. His spiked collar and, like, super, like, I'm surprised. I, now I'm wondering if uh, Matrix culture was kind of, there There was a little ramp up to it. Because he is looking very, let, let me just put it this way. <laughs> the Matrix comes out one year from when this episode airs. Yes. Mark is 100% wearing a trench coat in one year. Yeah, no, without without question. I mean, look, Matrix culture was already there. It was just in, like, the BDSM clubs where right. the, the Wachowskis spent their formative years. So maybe maybe Mark is tapping into the BDSM subculture in ways that <laughs> Tim and Jill are just painfully unaware of. That That's why his, uh, his girlfriend breaks up with him. So she finds out he's into some kinky shit that she's not into. She's like, yeah, this isn't going to work for me. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got the preppy look, but he's still wearing leather underneath, or his loaf, <laughs> loafers are, are leather. Um, this is taking us into dangerous territory, which I don't love. Um, so, Mark is the gimp from Pulp Fiction. I mean, the only issue with that is that he would be basically the age he is in that cute photo from from this opening when Pulp Fiction <laughs> came out. So it's like we're talking like Pulp Fiction babies here. Yeah, now we're into dangerous territory. What do you got for this scene, though? <laughs> Sheesh, the gimp's sleeping. Um, so <laughs> when Tim and Jill first come down from the attic, you know, Jill's holding the big box of uh, big box of photos, and Tim is wearing an old tricorner hat and wig from up in their attic. And uh, she, Jill, just turns around and sees him wearing it and says, "Oh, you know, she's saying I can finally organize these family photos and take off the hat, Tim." And Tim takes off the hat, but leaves the wig on. And she says, and the wig. And Tim goes, I think the wig is kind of working with the outfit. I I don't know. <laughs> a weird joke that I think was largely based on something they found in the prop warehouse and decided to yes. run with. G- great. It's improv. It's not, <laughs> but it, it, I'm going to say it is. Uh, uh, my, my note here is yeah. the box that they're bringing down, that Jill's bringing down with the photos in it, their organizational system and labeling system needs some work. Their yes. box of photos doesn't say family photos, doesn't say, uh, you know, keep safe, don't get wet, protect in case of fire, grab first if there's a fire. It doesn't say yeah, anything Don't like feed that. after midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's what it says. DBR, 
bus four slash RM four. Do you think that was holding like tapes in the home improvement editing bay <laughs> yep. and they drafted that box at the last minute? I 100% think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the, you know, if, you, if you're wondering if the writers are getting bored with the show, are the prop masters getting bored with the show? <laughs> who are normally very on top of things, but maybe they took this, this episode off. Uh, um, yeah. I, also, I also just want to highlight the fact that Jill, you know, Tim is saying... Jill, you're so busy with school and everything else. Taking on the task of organizing all our family photos is going to be very stressful for you right now. That, I mean, that in and of itself is just like, wow, there used to be a time when computers weren't, you know? Uh, <laughs> when computers weren't. When Absolutely. Just, yes. And just but, and kind of just a throwaway supportive line of Jill, like, hey, don't overextend yourself. Yeah, which is nice to hear. And then, but Jill follows up by saying, I just feel like I've been neglecting the family recently, which hits me pretty hard because it's like, yes, Jill, you've been very busy with school and, you know, psychology and a million other things. And yet you are still pulling way more weight around the house yeah. than the guy you're married to. So, I mean, I yeah. understand feeling like, <laughs> I, I understand feelings of inadequacy, but Tim's response there, the only good response is to be like, honey. No, you are not neglecting us. Right. Well, it, it kind of makes the the thrust of this episode even weirder because even though she's she's picking up more than her, you know, um her slack, uh, you know, at home, she's picking up Tim's as well. Tim's not even so, so Tim's not even doing chores around the house. He has extra no excuse to yeah. not be up on what Mark's life is going on oh my god yeah. my brain uh, failed up, in the up middle on, of that up on what's, are you speaking alien language Did something come back <laughs> with you from space i think the meaning behind my uh, word salad got through though yes no 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 and it, it was it was very nutritious and and agreed like <laughs> yeah um it, yeah it's interesting that an episode that ultimately becomes tim realizing he's neglecting his family starts off with jill feeling insecurity about neglecting her family <laughs> um yeah uh, I don't know. So uh, any, yeah, but that's that's the the bulk of what I have from this interesting little cold open. Uh, and I'll I'll just mirror since we're near the end of the season now. I, I'll mirror something that we started this season with that I thought is kind of interesting. That they they seem to be drawing um, parallels and and I don't know, just kind of reiterating the the thesis. It feels like of this season of change. So mm. we're actually seeing, you know, baby photos of the kids or, you know, kid photos of the kids. And then yeah. we're contrasting that with them as, you know, grown teenagers. And um, I don't know. I kind of like that. They're, they're, it doesn't quite, you know, pan out super well in terms of <laughs> exploring that thesis, but at least they're acknowledging it. And, you know, that's kind of interesting. It is like they are I, I, the the way that this cold open ends is really just uh, kind of a microcosm of what the whole opening credits are doing. But you know, <laughs> right. them, go them going from the the looking at the the picture of the three boys and the whole audience awing to to Randy, Mark, and Brad kind of parading past them, going "Hey, hey, hey," and then Tim <laughs> just handing the photo back and saying, "Hang on to this." <laughs> it is it is playing to the show's like biggest strength at this point, which is simply yeah we've had the same cast together. You've watched these kids grow up in front of you, and I I think the show always does well when it just kind of I don't know I think again part Reflects. of why last 
by, by why why last week's episode hit so well for me was like, yeah, Randy, who I remember as a little boy, is now learning to drive and rebelling against his parents. And there's just something, you know, there's kind of an earned uh and 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 earned the uh, goodwill that comes with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh otherwise, I don't know, this is a pretty short intro. Um doesn't I, it plays a little bit thematically, I guess, into the 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 undercurrent of this episode, but otherwise, yeah, not a lot to comment then. Yeah. Well, then to the opening credits we go. Okay, and there we go. We went through them. And there they um, went. We go to tool time where Heidi is about to introduce uh, Tim and Al, and we're going to get into some stuff. But Oh, boy. Uh, actually, no. Take us through what happens, and then I'll circle back to my note here. Okay, so tool time. Start out. Heidi in a flight suit. She introduces Tim and Al. They come out. They're, they've been talking about all their new and exciting tools, and uh, like this whole week has been a salute to uh, Binford's latest tools. But now they're announcing that uh, Binford has developed a brand new drill or some sort of thing that's going to be... <laughs> no, the Binford 2001 computerized wrench, which is now going to be taken by uh, NASA astronauts up into space for work on some uh, high-tech shuttle mission. And so they have a few astronauts out uh, to talk about this. And then uh, the astronauts mentioned to Tim when he is trying to clown on them that uh, they actually are going to need a Binford employee to go up and operate the super complicated tool. And when Tim Why? realizes he might have a I, thank you, we'll discuss. And okay. when Tim realizes that he has a chance to uh, go into space, he gets uh, very excited about this, as does Al. Okay, so what what do you want to crack open first? <laughs> okay. First, uh, I think you dropped these, and I, I, I'm holding them out uh, in both hands because they are heavy. Uh, it's your your quote-unquote flight suit. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. She, I, she's a, wearing a Tool Girls version of a flight suit. It's a flight suit that shows off a lot of leg. Eh, I, I will. I will agree. It's a. Uh, it's. It's. It's a look. It's not the same flight suit that Tim is wearing later. I'll tell you that much. No. And I guess. <clears throat> thank God. Thank. Thank God. Look, I would rather that both Tim and Heidi wear the same flight suit. But if they have to wear different ones, I would rather see Heidi's legs than Tim's. That's just my belief. <laughs> that's. That's how I was brought up. Um, uh, here's what I want to say. Okay, so I, it's been a long time. I feel like since I've commented on the audience of Tool Time. Yeah, uh, there there's a lot of shots of them in this particular episode, but yes. we start. So the very first shot is Heidi, but it, then it cuts to a pretty long shot of the audience saying tool time. And yeah. there's a woman in the front row. <laughs> yes. Who, how do I describe her? Picture the most optimistic uh cheerleader for the entire workplace who works in HR. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. Okay. She okay. is saying screaming tool time <laughs> with her her okay, she has her f hands balled into fists. Oh god. And picture uh you you have your elbows glued to your side but your fists are in the air. And they are kind of bent backwards a little bit, and I'm, I'm doing tool it right now as you're pumping them back and forth. <laughs> but not even pumping them; you're kind of just shaking them real hard while you scream "Tool Time." I okay. So I am thinking, a yeah, this definitely seems like someone who it who has like led some corporate motivational retreats, trying to get people <laughs> pumped up to you know 
uh, play capture the flag against yeah. uh, against the accounting department. B, her <laughs> the intensity of her reaction makes me think of in the book 1984 the concept of the two minutes hate where they just show you videos of of the yes. government's enemies and you scream at it and this is like maybe yelling tool time is like the tool minutes hate for her <laughs> just oh just get God. just get all that energy out just, um, yeah exactly yeah the the audience shots are are oftentimes one of the more interesting things just from a time capsule perspective of the show, yes. like just what is what are what are forty five people in L.A. for one reason or another seeing a taping of a TV show? What do they look like in the late nineties? Yeah, yep. Uh, it is kind of a, an interesting evolution. It would be kind of funny to grab a, a screenshot of the audience all the way from ninety one to ninety nine. Why, why do we keep thinking of these things that we should have been doing the whole time now? Like why? <laughs> Well, I don't know. When we're done, time. we'll have a we'll have a full series retrospective. So I'll 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 be going back to a few earlier episodes. I don't think it'll be too difficult. Oh God. Well, okay, great. So long as so long as it's you do it, you know. <laughs> okay. You, you crack open that can of worms again, you might get sucked into it. It could be a real issue. Uh, um, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so when they have the the astronauts out to talk to them, actually, before we get to that point, yeah. can I just? make a uh, just a very quick note which yeah. was my stomach dropped i thought for sure they were going to go into a man's something oh god uh, when they the the energy they walked out with and when heidi introduced them and they said that they have something special in store for us and they like start clearing the set i'm like oh god oh god what are we going to get yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean i just they, if they were doing the man something or other they wouldn't have done it this early on in the episode, would they? They would have waited until like two thirds. I, I don't know anymore. Yeah, you're right. What do we, we we never know what to expect from this show most of the time. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, no, I I agree. The thing is, though, when the astronauts actually came out, yeah. I know that the reaction is supposed to be, "Oh my god, astronauts!" But for me, it was like, how many fucking times have we seen astronauts on Home Improvement now? Like they're they are. <laughs> Like this card has been played a lot, and it's it's cool that you can get astronauts on your show, but it gets less cool every time you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, let's just bring this up up now. Um, I'm looking at their credits here, and they're showing that this is the only episode that they did. But I could have sworn that yeah. Ken Bowersox was on another was one of the the crew from before. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bowersox has been on here before because Tim even says, this is your third appearance on a low-rated cable show. You astronauts oh, right. must yeah, have right. a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, like, the, Bowersox has been on, and I guess they just rotate out the other ones based on who's the employee of the month at NASA. Huh, he's just not... Oh, you know what it is? It's... He's listed... Ah, uh, it's an IMDb flub. I see. Ah, because yes. It, for his first two appearances, he's listed as self. For this one, he's actually playing an actor. Or he's listed mm-hmm. as an actor, so which makes me wonder: Is Kevin is Ken Bowersox playing a character named Ken Bowersox? Is this a fictionalized version of NASA? Oh man! Wow! All all the all the yeah, like all the NASA's a stage and all the people on it, but actronauts. <laughs> I mean, or is it some sort of Galaxy Quest situation where he's an actor who has been mistaken for yes. a space traveler? Maybe. Um. Yeah. So. There's that, but, I mean, at what point do we want to talk about the real elephant in the room here? Right now. Okay. 
I'm disappointed we haven't already. Okay, so the tool is the Binford 2001 computerized wrench. Yeah. This is a wrench that you can program to do things. Yes. And yet it is apparently so complicated as to require training a Binford employee to be an astronaut so he can use it. Rather than training one of these very intelligent astronauts to use a thing that you seemingly just right. program and then point and shoot. Uh, I don't... When do you start paying taxes? I, I think... I wasn't 18 yet. Do you start paying I, taxes at 18? Uh, yeah, you... I mean, well, no, you start paying taxes as soon as you have a job. Like, like they're taking oh. those deductions. Like, you can be paying taxes at 16. When you were oh, working okay. at Sam well, Goody, I was technically a taxpayer here, and I am not thrilled that my tax paying dollars is going to uh teach tim the Toolman taylor how to be an astronaut yeah like even if even if you decide okay this tool is so complicated we cannot possibly train one of the smartest most gifted people in the world and a nasa astronaut to use it even if you decide you have to train a random person to be an astronaut You've got Al right there. You have <laughs> hundreds of hours of tool time footage. About, you know that the NASA people are familiar with it. Like, Tim is clearly incompetent. Use Al. Listen, I love Al. You know I love Al. Al's my favorite. Al's yeah. my guy. Yeah, he's your guy. Just like how Randy's my best friend. Yeah. But what the? why even Al? The person who developed the technology behind the tool. <laughs> the person who knows how it fucking works inside and out. I... You know, it what was really... it, what was his name? Oh. The, the guy from Back to the Future. Oh, 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 well, well, no, like not like what the Doc Brown of the. No, no, remember the the guy oh, that oh, the, uh, oh, the... I think he stole her wallet. Oh yeah, the the tool. Oh the the what the the guy from the earlier episode who's the one who invents all the the weird yeah tool the research pot. and yeah, development yeah. guy. Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. I'm not the name remember. I can't even remember the boy's name. I'm just saying. Next, why is he I know going up into space? He should be going up into space. I. I don't know, but I also feel like this is this is so often a plot in in movies about space, like the movie Gravity. Sandra Bullock yeah. isn't an astronaut; she's like an expert on one thing, and they trained her to be an astronaut so she can do the one thing in space. Uh, Armageddon, like instead of training the astronauts to drill into an asteroid, we have to right. train offshore oil rig drillers to be astronauts. Like, it, the, like the pop culture undervalues astronauts so much; it suggests that they are they are <laughs> incapable of knowing how to do anything other than pilot a space shuttle, and it's really mean. <laughs> you can only astronaut, and that's it. Yeah, you can't do any other things. You can. I, it's like float around in space and flip nondescript switches it's you know like yeah what do the astronauts do when they get to space they pretty much yeah they flip switches they make fun little videos for elementary school classrooms where they like flip around in zero gravity and then yeah they come back that's it if you want to do anything special in space you have to train that specific craftsman or woman to be an (laughs) astronaut and have them go up there the astronauts cannot learn anything else their brains are full if you ask me i say that's astro (sighs) nuts Mm. Shifts kisses again, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I um, I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I mean, again, I, I love it, but uh, I, I mean, I love that. I mean, I when I say I love it, I mean, yeah, great. Okay, this is an excuse. This is a situation for comedy to happen in. It's what the yeah. show's all about. Yeah, it's just right. 
pretty flimsy to me to, to, to it, think that this would be the best solution to your problem. It's so flimsy. And that's why it's just like, you know, I feel like the writers are going a little too hard on the suspension of disbelief, even for a sitcom at this point, where it's like, we have seven seasons of a reality built up in this show, and now all of a sudden we just have these kind of flights of fancy that are like, okay, I mean, I'll see where it goes, but, you know, I do feel like you're breaking the mold a little bit. I, I don't, I really don't think, I mean, to your point earlier that this is our weirdest episode, is this really weirder than, oh, like, wait. Rodney I, Dangerfield? I got my argument, I got my argument. Okay, I'll okay, up. okay, all right, fair, fair, fair. I'm just saying, there's a lot of other contenders for episodes where the writers it's were true. like, I don't know, can we get away with this? I'm not lying, I, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, I, I, I have a point for why this is the weirdest one. Okay, okay, fair. Um... One other thing, when when they learn that uh, that you know they're going to take a Binford employee along, and Tim and Al begin jockeying with each other to try yeah. and get picked, Tim, uh, you know, points out to the camera that the next mission will be the first NASA mission to be commanded by a woman, and he goes, "Commander Eileen Collins, if you're watching, Al Borland thinks it's about time," and he does a toolman salute and gets huge <laughs> applause for it. And I I don't know, yeah. I just love it. It's always good. Yeah. You said Tim pointed it out. It was Al that pointed it out, and oh, uh, oh which yeah, he corrected. Sh- but uh, I love that he not only like makes a point of it, but he like stands up and salutes. Like he he's a, he's making this proclamation to the tool time audience uh, there and at home through the camera, uh, <laughs> almost like in a you know arms akimbo about to do you know. Oh, and he does the the salute. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's so I don't know. It's like. 1998 virtue signaling (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it comes from a genuine place so it doesn't feel i don't know obnoxious i al definitely is sucking up but al also does believe that so it's okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) although when he said eileen i'm like oh my god did eileen leave dentistry and become a uh, astronaut now you see that's a really weird direction that i would kind of be okay with the show going yeah, in. Likewise. Eileen's an astronaut who completely shows up Tim and Al, and now like Al is jealous that he's not dating an astronaut anymore. Like that would be fun. Yeah, but she's she's only an astronaut because the people on the space station have some really sore teeth. <laughs> so she has to train. Well, couldn't couldn't we just bring the astronauts back down to Earth to go to the dentist? No, no, no. You you get me the. Best dentist in the Detroit metro area. Put her through six months of training. It's going to cost eighteen million dollars, and we will we will replace those crowns. Oh my god! Um, we go to the next scene where Tim is arriving home from recording tool time, and Jill is still sorting through the baby photos. Um, yes. What happens here? So, uh, so Tim tells Jill that he has this opportunity to go to uh, space. He explains that if he gets chosen for this mission, he would have to go to Houston for six months of training and then go on a five-day-long space mission to, you know, use this super complicated space wrench. Uh, Jill is uh, kind of torn about this. She, on the one hand, is concerned about, you know, Tim missing out on six months of their boys' lives and her having to run the whole house for six months while Tim is away training. But she is also very excited and supportive and wants Tim to go on this major uh, adventure of a lifetime. And yeah. then I like that she uh, used the word adventure. She did. And it would be an adventure, uh, probably of a lifetime. 
but then uh, then their conversation is interrupted when a snappily dressed, preppy looking Mark Taylor walks in, uh, says hi to them, and goes upstairs, and they don't even know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, my note here is, mm-hmm. and there are things to break open, but there's something, and I replayed this scene, um, because I wanted to make sure of my memory that yeah. Jill never actually says anything about being afraid of what might happen. She mm. she only verbalizes that you're going to be gone, but not the like terror of you are going to strap yourself to a rocket and be in space with like one inch of aluminum <laughs> material between you and the infinite uh, universe, mm-hmm. but it comes through in her performance. Like the th- reason, I mean, the fact that I had those thoughts in my head of watching her perform is just like, she's conveying quite a bit with trying to process the fact that her husband, a cable tool show host yes, <laughs> has come home and told her, honey, NASA is sending me to space. I, I love that, yeah, Jill finds this as implausible as you and I do, but because she lives in this reality, she has to actually make sense of it in this moment. <laughs> yes. And also, she's handling this when Tim is not coming to her and saying, hey, how would you feel if I went into space? But saying, hey, I'm going to try and go into space. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I would also probably be as slackjaw as uh, uh, Jill here. My big thing is just, like, six months of training in Houston. Like, how are you even... Even before I knew that this was what the episode was going to be about, before I knew that that was going to be the thrust of the episode was time spent away from the boys, when he said six months, I was like, my God, how are you even considering that? You can't leave the boys now. JTT is about to leave. You can't do that, not to mention Brad. I I was very, um... Like, just just the nature of it already. So I guess that's a testament to the show's writing, though, is that they throw out their Tim being absent for six months and immediately, even though Jill doesn't verbalize it, I'm thinking like, oh, my God, that's a very long time. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, they they verbalize it to a degree, but actually she does. Yeah, I'm seeing my notes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's something else. Um, Let's switch tracks real quick to Mark. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. Onto the mark track. Um, this is this is Taryn Noah Smith Junction. We're changing I, tracks. I have feelings. Yes. And I have thoughts. And I have memories. <laughs> They're all Wait. doing a dance around the maypole together. Did you? Did you? Oh, is this a midsummer thing? Is there? <laughs> I mean, are you? Are you crying wearing a flower crown? Um. So, did you at some point in your childhood degothify yourself yeah. for a lady? Yes. Oh, uh, in dear. a big way. Oh. I not for a lady necessarily, but for the adoration of my school in my senior year. Oh. Uh I would say from 10th grade to the first half of senior year, it got progressively more goth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it started with Metallica and ended with like wearing black gloves leather gloves to school uh gotta be warm in the summer months and it was summer too like i it was making a point capital p um so then what happened was at the the turn of the 
year, uh, or uh, so like the first half into the second half of senior yeah. year, the talent show was being announced, and I thought, my God, I had this revelation that honestly kind of I don't know still affects me to this day, where I was watch I was probably watching TRL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. For corn and limp biscuit and getting annoyed with Backstreet Boys coming on, and yeah. I remember watching uh, one of I think it was I want the I wanted that way music video. Oh yes, we all remember and where I we had, were when we saw that. <laughs> I had this revelation, which is completely asinine, but at the time I was watching it and thought, I can do that. <laughs> I can. I can. I can sing <laughs> like that. <laughs> And with five guys, what is this? These are the popular people, and I'm sitting here moping. I can do that. And so (laughs) I went to my friends and said, let's enter the talent show as a boy band. Were were your friends all goths, too? No, no. They they were just enduring my gothhood. Wow. Okay, that's even that's even better though for th- for this idea to come from the token goth member of the group to be <laughs> hey, instead of this, let's be cheerful. Yeah. Uh, and so okay. I I put away my black corduroy and put on my uh, you know khaki cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> Massive change, one eighty. And uh, I we we did the talent show and we killed it. And yeah. from that point on, I so. I do have a very specific turn like that, but I'm thinking more specifically to just the, or maybe maybe more broadly to to Mark's identity crisis that he's been having for the last couple seasons, where you do switch your outward identity to reflect the kind of chaos on the inside, where it's like, I will try on these clothes to see if this personality fits me. I will try on this you know face to see if this personality fits me that really struck a chord with me uh, the 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 difference here i'd say is that you changed your identity and it worked out for you really well like you're it's like you solved your identity crisis you got the adulation of your of your peers you like triumphed in front of the whole school <laughs> in a very high not risk high reward situation well i mean, I mean I, i'm not going to go into it though, to, right? To too much detail, but then, you know, I, I would say that that, that, well, so I, I switched up my look quite a bit at trying to find myself in high school. And I would say that that probably held true until around the time I met you. Oh uh, God. And, and even then I think I've switched it up a little bit, uh, a you, number of times since then. You, but you, you basically, you met me and and you were like, okay, well, I'm done trying to impress people anymore. This is as good as it, <laughs> I found a, a future podcast co-host. I may as well. I've got it locked in. It's not going to change for me now. <laughs> uh, I think it was only once I stopped trying to impress people that I was just like, I love fucking horror movies and I'm just going to wear horror t-shirts and denim jackets and buttons. Like, I don't yeah. know. That's just my thing. Whatever. God, I'm making that my thing. I'm taking a, I'm sticking my flag in to that planet and claiming it as my own if you ever want to go back to goth i just want to let you know i will treat it with a lot more reverence and respect than any of the people on home improvement uh, have for mark's whole situation and that's the like conflict for me in this episode is that and we can we can maybe reapproach this uh once mark once it becomes a thing but like the the very core idea i think is is very prescient but there's the cavalierness at which they are dealing with his kind of 
uh, I don't know, Gothitude. fickle personality, you know, his, his, you know, his commitment to his own identity that feels yeah. kind of I know, superficial. And you mentioned it earlier. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, I don't know. Anything wow. else you got from this scene? Uh, nothing else that I've got from this scene. I, the main thing I've got from this scene is a new window onto uh, your evolution as a person, and I find it uh, <laughs> fascinating and illuminating and honestly inspiring. I would not have done a high school talent show, so you're, you're braver than me. <laughs> um, we get a NASA transition banner going, Johnson Space Center NASA testing site. Oh, uh, boy. Buckle up. <laughs> to the montage, basically. Oh, uh, we, get, we get something, I don't think we've ever seen on this show we get a bottom of the screen text crawl to let us know johnson space center houston texas oh yeah well no we get don't we get text crawl in like uh the truth is out there or what or no the 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 x-files ripoff episode like when they're doing the direct x-files parody don't they have like time stamps at the bottom of the screen Maybe I don't know, but we certainly haven't had you're in this location at this time. Yeah, you, you don't. We don't have that, and so yes, this is. Uh, yeah. So wait, this is Johnson Space. So he's in Houston already. Yeah. That that was what confused me about this whole montage, which is quite long, folks. I thought, like, wait, is he already <laughs> just away for six months? Like, I'm not clear on how long this training. Yeah. And also, it's like, they say he's going to go away for six months of training, but it looks like he's doing training already. I get this is just the selection process, but it just, I don't know, it doesn't really make sense to me what we're seeing at this point. What stage in the process are we at? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, we're talking about turning him into astronauts. This just has to be the rigorous, uh, you know, selection phase. You know, there, there's going to be so much more astronaut training. So this is yeah. testing. This isn't training. Okay, okay. And I guess the other people there with him, aside from Al, are supposed to also be Binford employees who they're trying they? to... Fi- well, I don't know. Or are they astronauts? Like, I don't know who the... Because it's like, if we need a Binford employee to send up with the tool, and Yeah, what? How many employees do you think Binford has? I mean, well, Binford seemingly has thousands of employees. If they're a big enough company to be severely polluting the Earth, they, they <laughs> must have so. a lot. But I mean, yeah, are, are we just talking about... The spokesperson, or are we talking about the whole manufacturing plants, the distribution centers, the research and development people? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big operation, I guess. And and th- these people training to go into space with the tool, they are janitors, they're security guards at Binford. They, none of them are actually qualified to use the tool, but they just have to, you know, they have to have a Binford employee go up. So pick any one of them. Truman. Landon. How's it gone seven seasons? I, we, we've never hit on this question before. Yeah. Give me this question. Is Binford a national company? I mean, versus an international company? No, versus a local company. Oh, they've got to be a national company. I mean, they've got to be. Like, why? Like, right. no re- I mean, no, I agree with you. No but. regional company can afford to finance all of the bullshit that they're doing. <laughs> Agreed. But then the question comes up of, if it's a national company, why do they have only one tool show only in Detroit? Well, uh, you know, remember a season or two ago before they abandoned this plot line, they are trying to, like, expand tool time to a bunch of other markets sure. around the Midwest. Sure, so but maybe it, they did. originated the idea of Binford being a national, perhaps international company says, 
in order to promote this tool, th this brand, we need to start a tool show <laughs> in few select areas of Michigan. That's, I mean, but that's where, that's where it all, it's like movies that do a limited release in like New York, Austin, and LA. It's like, that's, that's where all the trendy people live okay. will get the word out. Same for suburban Detroit. That's where all the, the, you know, the tool hipsters are. They did the market research and they realized, okay, our, our target audience happens to be in these markets in Michigan. Uh, yes. And, you know, our, our sub markets will follow should we ever expand to, you know, the outer reaches of this region. Yes, and also if Tim, like even if Binford is a uh, is just a local or like regional company, I could still see them getting the contract to make this NASA uh, uh, tool as part of some like political pork project. Like, oh, the only way we could you know get the appropriations bill passed is if we you know had you know we mandated that that some of the equipment for the nasa funding be made in this guy's congressional district so he can point to the jobs or something so it could be that gross. binford is just a regional company and they are grossly unqualified to be making this thing but they had to to get bill clinton to sign it so i don't know think about that think about I don't it want to. no think about wanna. it dude it's no, it's just it's just basic you know basic uh boring federal policy i think about it all the time and look how well i've turned out oh um, lord so how do we tackle this training montage? Because it's just it's just a it's just about seven thousand one liners <laughs> stitched together <laughs> with like a I'll weird what, I'll, tuba rendition I'll of the home improvement theme. Yes, I'll I'll take us through beat by beat what happens in the because there's a lot of an equal amount of sight gags as there is one liners. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'll do I'll kind of walk through the the sight gags and you walk us through the one liners. How about that? Okay, gotcha. Do that. Okay, so we transition to what begins the training montage, or the testing montage. Uh, we see Tim and Al, they are both out there testing together, um, doing jumping jacks. And the instructor gives everybody a nice thumbs up. Yep. Then there's, uh, they've paired off, and they're passing a sandball back and forth to each other. Tim and Al start to get uh, a little too competitive with it, and Tim rocks <laughs> L right in the face and L falls over backwards. Yep. Solid uh, fall from Richard Carn. Good Pratt fall. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> they go to doing a series of squats and uh, Tim and Al kind of fall over or Al falls over and Tim is starting to realize the instructors um, are grading them poorly and Tim gets the idea by seeing right next to Johnson Airfield that there's a girls, girls, girls club. <laughs> the Rocket uh, and Lounge. And gets an idea. Yes. Uh, then we cut to everyone, uh, I guess, running laps around a track, and um, they run past a uh, bikini-clad squad of ladies uh, who distract most of the astronauts, but Tim and Al uh, run on by to, I guess, get extra points? Question I, mark? I, I don't think it's a competition in the sense that they think it is. Uh, lucky, lucky thing! There's no female or gay astronauts in their astronaut class. Otherwise, that plan would not oh. have been as foolproof. Well, disagree because then we uh, wipe to them taking the written test, where Tim oh, is yes. actually sitting next to a woman. Um, Tim tries to cheat off of Al. Al covers his thing. We get a little bit of VO from Tim taking the test. You want to go through that? Yes. He's thinking to himself as he reads, I enjoy A, going for a nice walk in a meadow, B, relaxing with a good book, C, going on a rampage with industrial-grade farm equipment. 
and I guess this is a test to see if you'll get moon madness or something. Anyway, uh, Tim uh, seems pretty happy about the third one, but then he reluctantly picks A. So there's that. We scrub to the next scene, which I hate with all my heart. Yep. Um, Al is doing ink blots uh, with a, I guess, researcher, doctor, and what's he saying with each each one each ink blot he looks at reminds him of his mother so you know mother next blot mother next blot mother and then finally the, the another blot a beautiful summer's day ruined by mother which is i mean his delivery at the end is funny but yeah the whole bit is weak like i feel like this episode particularly they were like we don't have much for al so let's just lean into really going after his mom and himself, I mean, because yeah. I guess we should have stopped with each note we had. But, like, when they're going through the physical tests, uh, yeah. they they internalize within Al the fat jokes. Like, yes, the fat jokes have always just kind of been hurled at Al. Now we're seeing a very physically fit person doing these things and playing the buffoon of like, I can't do squats and therefore I fall over cause I'm tired and yeah. it looks lazy and stupid and dumb and idiotic. And I hate it. And, and it's especially bad because I mean, Al is not lazy and stupid and dumb. No. Like, like Al, it, like if anyone would be the one falling over and not being in good shape, it's Tim who lacks the discipline to work out on a regular basis yes. and things like that. I yeah, I, short of when he goes to the YMCA to briefly meet the woman who's uh, the woman, the guy who's trying to steal away his wife. Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's pretty. It's pretty bad. This whole episode and is bad to Al. It really, truly is. And it, the this the ink blot scene is just like. I mean, I, I remember years ago we brought up a, a stupid theory that is Al a serial killer because he has oh, mom God. issues and blah, blah, blah. This is kind of like leaning into that. And yeah. never before have we seen anything but Al be a staunch defender of his mother. Yes, yes. So it's just, I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's out of character. It's like they just, they, you know, the joke doesn't fit with Al really. No. So, but you know, but it's still there. If you had to do something kind of mean, <laughs> it is, it is still there. Yes. Uh, okay. We cut to the scene where Tim is being tested on releasing his parachute, I think. Uh, and yeah, to your earlier point, it. there are, uh, another two women, uh, next in line to, um, to be tested. So, uh, those mm. are three women in the program. Okay. So far. Okay. Uh, Tim is complaining about his nuts. Um, Aren't, uh, man, I'm I'm complaining about Tim's nuts too. They've they've caused a lot of trouble on this show. <laughs> okay, so Tim Tim's whole thing is this uh this harness I'm in is really tight on my crotch. He says, which was a little abrasive for my taste, but yep. Um, and then he gets dragged and needs to pull the cord in order to release it. Truman, any notes on that? Uh, his line is after he pulls the cord to release himself and his crotch has been ridden pretty hard he yells something like oh, I think you got a couple of my personal belongings shut up Tim yeah it's not good it's not a good bit um, <laughs> none of this montage is particularly good um, no no then we cut to the, the physical exam Tim is uh, waiting for the doctor to come in and testing his own reflexes the doctor comes in and what's the joke here 
Uh, he says, oh, what are we, uh, he's gesturing to the television and says, what are we going to do, Doc? We're going to play a video game? And the doc's, uh, doctor says as he pulls on a, a glove onto his right hand, yeah, the game is called Alien Probe or something like that. Um, could have been called Alan what? Probe, I guess. <laughs> it would have been more accurate. There were a lot of prostate exam jokes from, like, 1998 through 2004. <laughs> Was that when, like, was that when the science first was kind of like, yeah, men over 40 need to get a prostate exam every year? Was that when, like, the public health campaign for it was really big and it was Maybe. like, oh, dudes I... are going to laugh at this? If so, I mean, Hollywood took a very vehement anti-prostate uh, um, exam approach because they always make it look like a, a awful thing. I mean, I mean, I guess it goes back even earlier because I'm thinking there's that that famous scene in in Fletch when he's getting mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have not had one yet. I know I will have to eventually. I will say, in defense of Hollywood, it doesn't seem like it's a super pleasant experience. Of course. Uh, so, so I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're maybe yeah, maybe they're blowing it up a little too much. But when the joke is always just the guy kind of like looking at the camera as the guy puts on the glove. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's just—it's not only lazy and not funny, but I mean, it's slightly homophobic, right? I mean, that's the whole thing—is like I don't want someone's fingers in my butt. Okay, now, now look, I am in—you know—I am very strong ally of the LGBTQIA community. I don't want fingers up my butt either, though. That's like that has nothing to do with my feelings on what love is okay and and anything sure. like that. I mean, it I, it's just all about butt security. I just don't want like that's. I'm just very <laughs> protective of but, that region. And I I think your fear and most people's fears is well founded. It's the making a joke out of it that's like no one's put. I, I don't know. I I think that there's I there is. Maybe not 100% of the time, but a lot of percent of the time, there's a sort of emasculation of a man having to be in that vulnerable of a position that gives it a slight tinge of homophobic humor. Okay, I mean, I, I get the, I, I get if there's, if they're playing on the emasculation of it, there is something, yeah, and, and also just, yeah, prostate exam jokes generally are lazy unless you've got a really good, like, <laughs> yeah twist on it, like... I don't know. I I had a doctor's appointment recently where I thought, based on some issues I was having, that I was going to have to get a prostate exam. And so going, like, the whole week leading up to it, I was dreading this entire doctor's appointment. And then I get there, and the doctor examines me, and he doesn't do that. And instead, at the very end of it, he says, okay, we're just going to draw some blood. And I'm normally super, super, super scared of needles, and I hate having my blood drawn. But I was so relieved to not get a finger up my butt (laughs) that I didn't even care that he drew my blood. So we're establishing your hierarchy of fears here. Yes, exactly. Now, I think that's kind of a funny story about the concept of a prostate exam, but it doesn't just yeah. turn on like, whoa, wouldn't it be gross? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we go from that stupid lazy joke to the gravity. Oh, to boy. the G machine. Uh, <laughs> hey, now. Uh <laughs> Tim is strapped to the seat that spins, and there's the NASA controller putting him through different G's to see what he can withstand. Um, I have so fucking many notes about this 12-second moment. 
Now, is is one of them that that the machine they have him in doesn't really represent how G forces work? Like, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, it looks yeah. that for being NASA and representing NASA, this looks like a 1950s science fiction uh, cardboard uh, set sort it's, of it's, deal. It is a just a chair on a spinner thing. Like the the G force machine that they use at NASA is like it's a big room with like a chair on the end of a long arm and you're at the outer edge of the circle as it whips you around and around. This is just a chair that spins in a circle like some kind of shitty carnival ride. <laughs> like the, the chair just rotates on its own seat. You just go around and around on that. Yeah, and the the G's uh, quote unquote are mm. actually handled just through editing where yes. they do a split screen where you can't really tell it's a split screen and Tim's half of the screen is just sped up. You know, he's yep. just spinning on the turntable and they they speed it speed it up. Yep. And that made me say, oh geez. Um <laughs> Okay. So they spin Tim now, around really fast. They do. I just texted you a photo. Oh, no. I think I know what you're going to send me. <laughs> well, I wanted to because it fits into my argument as to why this is the weirdest episode we've had yet. Okay. Yes. Um, what does uh, what did I just send you? You sent me uh, something that is... Yeah. Okay. You sent me... So, t- they spin Tim around really, really fast, and when he stops, his face is all messed up. And it's like his his it's like his lower like his jaw and everything is just stuck to the right. We've seen the the G force joke before, where the person's actually in the thing and spinning around, and their face is, uh, you know, I'm thinking spies like us with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. They go into the G force machine, and their faces are just you know distorted from the gravity. This isn't exactly like that. No, it's not because when they stop the thing, Tim's face is frozen that way even though he's no longer subjected to the g's and the way that tim's face looks it's like they if you've seen the black hole sun video it's not exactly (laughs) like that but you know how they very unsettlingly in that music video edited people's faces to be distorted in a strange way that they fucked me up as a kid it's and this image that i'm looking at is fucking me up now because his nose is like diagonal and he's talking out the side of his mouth, but like one side of the mouth has been shrunk down in '90s Photoshop, and the other side is blown up. It's yeah, it's just subtle enough that you don't totally notice it, but it's just it could wrong blow enough by without you realizing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Unless you're watching the show like we are. Yes. Here, here's my argument. Yeah, and he talks too when his face oh, yeah. is like that, so it, it, it's not just a frozen. F- you know, image, it it moves, which is also unsettling. <laughs> it moves. <laughs> he blinks, it's weird. Anyway, we've seen weird shit on the show before. Oh, they Lord, have yes. shrunken down to four inches and gone into forget. an engine. Yes. Um, the thing is, that was all within the context of a Tool Time episode. Mm-hmm. A special effects bonanza, if you will. Yeah. This is reality. Of home improvement, not necessarily for us, I guess, but yeah, th- I would this hope is not. not this has no context of it being for entertainment value. This is just literally Tim Taylor's face. I mean, yes, it's, this is it, weird. It is the first time there is cartoon physics on the show, 
No, no. I, I'm sorry. I respect the point that you're trying to make, but no. There's a Christmas episode from a ways back there where Tim gets electrocuted at the end of the episode and he's lighting up the whole neighborhood like the star on top of a Christmas tree. There's the episode mm. from, I think, early on last season where Tim is on the aircraft carrier and he gets word that Brad was trying to hook up with his girlfriend and then he's in the engine yeah. room and he like they have to get back to shore and he pushes the thing full speed ahead and the <laughs> aircraft carrier goes so fast that everyone falls over. I mean... Yeah, but There's... that was all, I don't know, I mean, people falling over is one thing, and I I would even give you the season one where uh, Tim almost sucks Mark up in the vacuum cleaner, but mm. the, the difference is, I feel like if that moment happened, it, okay, if that moment happened at the end of a scene, more than likely what would happen is Mark is being pulled into the vacuum and then all of a sudden, you know, he gets sucked in and, you know, stretches into the vacuum tube and pulls the side of the frame and takes us to the void or commercial or something. Yeah. And then you can kind of forgive the cartoon physics because it turns into a transition. Uh, oh. Here, there's no transition. It's just, it's it's Tim's face Looney Tunesing. Okay. It is look, it is Tim's face has completely looney tunes, but also would you rather though everything in this episode be completely realistic and plausible but you still have to live in a world where yes, everything else makes sense, but NASA has decided to train Tim Taylor in super secret astronaut stuff to send him <laughs> into space. Like at least seeing this you're like, okay, none of this makes sense. All of this is a cartoon. We don't well, have I kinda, to I kind of I kind of wish it went in that direction. Like I, I you can't just throw that one weird ass fucking thing at me and make me go, okay, I'll buy that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, if they're going to do it, let's just go the whole way. Why isn't Tim floating out in space? Why isn't he meeting aliens? Why isn't he going to pick up his golf ball that he shot uh, in the Payne Stewart episode off the moon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, and, and also, at the beginning of this season... Tim launched a barbecue grill into orbit, <laughs> so uh, that's a more cartoon physics, Landon. I, 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 I like. I agree no. with you. This is, but weird. that was also that was also a tool time bit. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a tool time bit, but then the but then the the barbecue grill comes back into play at the end of the episode. When we don't know it was lake. the same one. We don't know. It was oh the yeah, same it was one. some <laughs> other barbecue grill launched into orbit. That normal thing that happens all the time. Why, just the other day, my neighbor shot a Weber grill into into low Earth orbit. I look. I'm not trying to tear down any of the points that you're making. I'm just saying this is not the weirdest the show has gotten. This is weird, and it is a weird moment. But a weird moment right. does not a whole show make. I mean, a, a horse. I had to make the talked, argument. A horse talked to the camera like five episodes ago, <laughs> and you're saying this is the weirdest thing. You're, you're right. A, a rat coughed last episode. Yes. Uh, yes. Just last episode, a rat with mesothelioma. <laughs> yeah. No, All right. no, Landon. Well, I'm I, sorry. I, I, I feel like the discussion was at least worth making the argument. Look, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Exactly. Um, okay. <laughs> Okay. The montage is almost over. <laughs> We're not yes. even quite done yet. We, as we approach uh, hour three of the montage. <laughs> Tim is dressed in an astronaut suit, and he's about to go down, uh, submerged underwater to get a sense of weightlessness and see how you can work with tools underwater. Yes. Anything for that moment? <sighs> They've got him in the the astronaut suit, in the helmet and everything. And they ask him, any problems with the suit? And Tim goes, no, 
but I probably shouldn't have had that breakfast burrito. <laughs> because, folks, Tim has farted in the suit. And because the suit is fully enclosed, Tim can smell his own fart. And this show has made so many breakfast burrito fart jokes. It's just, it's, it just, it does it so much. More than, like, <laughs> and I love a good fart joke, but the the specific, like, I just, oh my god, I don't know. I don't know, man. Just a lot of breakfast burrito fart jokes on Home Improvement. That's the only point I have to make, is I, that they, they would... lean into this. I would love a moratorium on fart jokes for next season. I don't know that we'll get you're, it. You're not going to get it. I would love no. it. No, you're going to get what what's the opposite of a moratorium because that's what we're going to get. Like they know that they this is their last season to joke about Tim <laughs> eating Polish food and nuking the neighborhood. We should do a fart joke count for next season alone and just count how many times they they hit that. How many times in the finale they talk about Tim gassing the whole family. It's, I, you know this <laughs> only leaves one option once we're done with season eight we have to start back from the beginning and do fart work no no we don't have to do fart work and also you were present in your apartment after we'd go to kogi all right no i'm not going there again we're we've left we're leaving that behind we're not talking about that again now home improvement when they make a fart joke about burritos it's dumb and i don't like it when i make a fart joke about burritos and it's me hilarious good comedy never gets old um (laughs) All right. Okay. Last so. bit of this montage, and I also have things to talk about with this, <laughs> yes. is the uh, zero G. Uh, what what did they call it? I seem to remember from the Apollo thirteen movie the the barf. <laughs> yeah. What wait, is, the barf? The, what it rhymes? The, what is vomit it? rocket? I think it's called. Or no, something it's like it's that? called the it's called the vomit comet. I really wanted you vomit to go comet. ahead with like the barf scarf or something like that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the it's the airplane where they take you up really high and then they do a sharp nosedive so the astronauts can get like 30 seconds of weightlessness. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, the fact that they did that for Apollo 13 and have 54 minutes in the film, finished film of I mean, as someone who gets motion sickness <laughs> like mm-hmm. that to think of being an actor and having to do 600 hours to whittle it down to 54 minutes for your feature length film of being in that state. Just that alone makes me nauseous. I, I I saw years and years ago, I think like FHM or something, they did some kind of photo shoot with Kate Upton, uh, you know, the model who is Mm -hmm. uh, famous for having very nice proportions where they, took her up in the vomit comet in a bikini so they could like photograph her in zero gravity and the and like seeing that was just like how much time was she like violently ill so they could get like two shots for like uh you know divorced dads to to look at and have thoughts about like i anytime (laughs) any civilian does a thing in the vomit comet or people like pay money to go in it and experience weightlessness i'm like i what how do you know that you're not going to just spend that money to be puking the entire time (laughs) I would be, and that's why, like, I would never, that's not something I would even consider doing, because yeah. I would I would be throwing up the entire time that I would not be able to enjoy the experience a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and I don't get motion sickness, but my, my fears of throwing up are well documented on this show, and even <laughs> beyond that, I hate flying like i don't like airplanes at all so being on an airplane that's designed to just fly in the most upsetting way possible no 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 no. well then maybe this solution is for you because tim and al also are not in the vomit comet yes 
<laughs> they now, are in front of a blue screen wearing wires. Now, folks, a little known fact about this show is that one of the hosts is really stupid, like incredibly dumb, and that host is me. And for the first half of this segment of the montage, I was watching it like, oh my fucking God, they took Tim Allen and Richard Karn up in the Vomit Comet. How else could they get this? And then we get like, finally we get the other cut of it and I realized like, oh, okay, it's them. Yeah, okay, I I saw how they did it. But it was actually pretty effective. If this segment was just a little bit shorter, I might have been completely fooled. (laughs) That says a lot. Um, I I, I don't know whether to comment on the scene or or that admission. Listen, laugh now, but as soon as this Nigerian prince I've been helping gets his money out of the country, uh, (laughs) you know, you you won't want to get on my bad side. Yeah, I mean they're weightless, wow. they're bouncing around. Um, that's that's all that that's all I got for that. It's just wild. Uh, yeah, Tim conks his head on the ceiling. Yeah. Um. Okay, we go back home and Brad montage and Randy, over. Montage, thankfully over. Uh, yeah. We are with Brad and Randy helping Jill sort through the um the family heirloom photos that yes. she is just so. Uh, I don't know. She treasures, and Randy's like, "These are two photos in the same position. Why get rid of one? Here's one of you pregnant and bending over." And she's like, "I'm not pregnant." Anyway, I don't know why I was going to that details there. Um, yeah. What else happens in the scene? Uh, they um, you know, uh, Mark comes back in looking preppy once again, and you know, even more so, bla- blazer and sweater and everything. Uh, and it's for um, you know, he's in it. it comes out that he's doing all this to impress a girl, but he doesn't want to talk about it with them. And then uh, Tim gets back, and they're all happy to see him, and Tim tells them that he passed all the tests and will be going to space, and the crowd goes absolutely wild. It's it's like Tim Allen has told them that he's going into space. Um, yes. Okay, well, I, I mean, I guess mark that. Yeah, I guess literally Tim Allen does tell them that he's going into space, but he does it when he's in character as Tim Taylor. You get it. <laughs> you you understand it. how drama works, yes. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, there's, it's a short scene, not a whole lot. The big, the big takeaways from yeah. this are largely just that Tim's going to go to space. Uh, I what, what have, think what it's a got? good time to talk about the audience, um, because yes. there is a, a raucous cheer here for Tim, uh, a lusty which, cheer, <laughs> which I'm like, just wait a minute, folks. I don't think he's actually going to space. Like they, they cheer as if they're going to see Tim Allen in space uh, by the end of this episode. They are going to be let down. Um, uh, uh, another another update from really dumb co-host corner. I for a lot of this episode, I thought like, cool. I guess we're going to get Tim Allen in space at some point. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> You're part of this audience. What we didn't mention earlier when Mark first came in in his first preppy outfit, there was yeah. a, a, like a audience stopped in their tracks gasp yeah <laughs> yes it does it's like it's like they've seen a car accident or something they don't know what to do yeah. with this yeah it, truly i mean there was a number of audience reactions here that was like i don't know like i have to imagine through evolution there's a a, a certain like f- you know first generation of man had only one or two emotions that they could express. And then yeah. the next generation was able to kind of refine that and expand that. And then the next one, and then the next one, and yeah. built this kind of expression uh, catalog. 
it feels like the show, the audience from season one to season seven has been through each generation expanding their different types of expression because I've never heard these uh, at all on the show previous to this season. I mean, even in those episodes with really rowdy crowds, like earlier in this yeah. season or something, that you they didn't come close to this. No, no, no. I because I think those were just like Spinal Tap dialed up to eleven. It's the it's the reaction we knew, just more of it. This yeah. is the gasp that they give with Mark is like I know it's a little more nuanced than I was expecting because it wasn't just like a oh no, it was <laughs> like a what huh. Like, there was a legitimate confusion in their voice. <laughs> yeah, they're they're all they're they're all fanning themselves and 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 f- collapsing onto fainting couches. Oh, I do declare <laughs> that that uh, woman in the front row that was cheering for tool time. She literally put her like uh, <laughs> she she outstretched both of her hands, but kept her fingers together, and then put them close to her uh, the the sides of her mouth with her eyes wide <laughs> open and. <laughs> Mouth the gate is like, oh no! Someone fetch this woman some water. She's seen a boy who was previously dressed as a goth, dressed as a prep. It's too much. Um, I mean, it, look, it could oh, it could Lord. be that 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 overzealous HR lady was between takes getting the crowd organized and whipped up. Maybe. You know, just her her kind of natural HR presentation, kind of like, okay, guys, let's all, yeah, I can't hear you. <laughs> like maybe she was running that sort of place. So that's why the the audience is in in such a receptive mood. The, just like Binford is the the company that's uh, testing for NASA, uh, they have a, an entire company outing that is in the audience of Home Improvement slash Tool Time today. Oh, God. <laughs> that's going to do strange things for company morale. I, I don't – depending on the episode you get, I guess. This one, yeah. I don't know. Th- this episode, everyone comes back from the company uh, a retreat or whatever, and their their faces are all fucked up like Tim's was. They got too many Gs. <laughs> Uh, I don't really have too much else for that scene. Um, I got Neither a little bit more for the next scene. So we we get oh my god the face in the moon claymation <sighs> dup, 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 dup. <laughs> uh, panning across the screen and then Tim in a spacesuit going in the other direction taking us to commercial and we come back where Tim is uh, playing space shuttle toys with uh, Brad and Randy and Jill is kind of looking through some some materials. Uh, what happens here? Yes. Um, well, so Tim tells the boys that they're going to, you know, he's going to depart for training next week. And Jill is trying to figure out how she's going to plan and schedule everything to make this work as a single parent for half a year. And um, yeah, Tim tells the boys that they need to be men of the house while he's gone and do all the things that he normally does. And then Tim asks Jill if she's okay with this. And Jill sort of noncommittally says that she is. But then Tim says, you're going to make me pay for this, aren't you? And she says, oh, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, that's, that's the scene. <laughs> um, no context. Just want to throw this out there as my first note. Yeah. Brad's fake burp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Like he, he should have just, he should have just had someone else start counting down from, from three to one and then do a clap into a, you know, into a microphone to get a real burp <laughs> to come up. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's Deep odd. The, for our night's episodes. I, I suppose so. Yeah. For our. <laughs> For our, our uh, gas fans here, um, I, I I'm surprised that they couldn't like either a just shoot a scene of him burping after he ate a fistful of cheese in the last episode, or b uh, ADR'd in a more convincing burp than the one that he does. I, I wonder about this because this is a trope that I hate on par with like 
fake video game playing and video game noises in yeah. TV shows and movies where they do such a like how do you act burping when there are sensors going we can't make it too gross we can't mm-hmm. put in a realistic burp sound yeah sound uh so he just kind of like stands there and opens his mouth and this <laughs> robotic burp comes out and then he walks burp. away as if it was a a real thing it's just it's like if you have that many restrictions on it is it worth doing yeah exactly exactly just find some other more eloquent also even if you didn't have restrictions on it a burp there wouldn't have been funny like the, what prompts yeah. this is tim saying to them you know you're men of the house you have to do what i normally do around here randy goes what you mean electrocute ourselves and irritate mom and then they laugh and then brad just burps and they walk away <laughs> like that's that's the whole bit uh yeah and it's as funny as that yeah um well well actually i will say when tim says you have to do what i normally do around here the crowd starts laughing before randy can even do his line like the the audience (laughs) sees where this is going and they are already buying it and yet we still don't land on any kind of uh unexpected punchline um I have one more note for this scene, yes. <laughs> but I don't know if I want to go into it. But you're bringing it up, so you probably are going to, Landon. You've got I my guess, my undying support. So. Yes. Um, there He has a couple, like, souvenirs from NASA in the form of, like, a mug and, like, two. He's got, like, one toy spaceship and then one, or space shuttle, and then mm-hmm. one, look you know, statue-looking one is, like, on a... Um, uh, what do you call it? Not a pedestal, but, you know, just a, a stand so that it yeah. stay, stays upright. And yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's the right shape. It put me in mind of the recent amazing film that everyone should rush out to go see. Uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm-hmm. Which I have, have not rushed it? out to go. I, I've, I've not. I want to see it. I've been torn between do I want to risk my life in a theater or do I mm. want to wait for it on the small screen? Yeah, you know, that's for what a it's discussion. worth. As serious as I, I take that sentiment, I would say, for my money, this is worth doing that. It, I would yeah. put my life on the line to watch it again. It's okay. up there with one of my favorite movies of the century at the very least. But Jesus. Yeah, I, I had a very religious experience with it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a moment early on when we're introduced to Jamie Lee Curtis where she has a uh, employee award in the background of her cubicle. It comes to be a very integral part of a fight scene later on. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you see the award and it, yeah. looks, it looks like a butt plug. Uh, <laughs> it just looks like a a big old, big old thing that's going to go up someone's butt at some point. <laughs> And I couldn't not see that here. A, a Chekhov's butt plug. If you establish a butt plug in, in act one of a story, it must go up a butt in act three. It's, uh, you know. Not, per, uh, per, per the yeah. Landon Palooza or the Truman Palooza project of watching a porn movie from every uh, every decade, that is going to be, you know, very well, very well represented in there. Um, anything else from that scene? Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing else. Uh, butt plug okay. spaceship is all it. Well, the spaceship uh, transitions us to the next scene, and I kind of like to call out this transition because it, it floats around after it wipes us to the next scene and then uh, does a landing on the countertop and then floats off screen. It's kind of cool. Yes, yes. Um, okay, we're still in the kitchen. Tim is uh, cleaning up some some dishes, and Jill is talking, and uh, what, what happens here? 
Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tim and Randy talk about, uh, Mark's recent date. He came back last night late. He didn't say anything. Uh, but then Mark comes in, he's all gothed up, and now his head is shaved, and he's very sad, and, uh, Tim learns from a very sullen and reluctant Mark that, uh, the girl he was with didn't like him, uh, she liked the prep stuff, but she didn't like, uh, Mark, so, uh, he split up, uh, so she split up with him, and, uh, yeah. Tim tries to console Mark about this, but Mark tells him basically to F off, that he doesn't know what he's talking about, he doesn't get him, man, <laughs> And uh, he storms out, uh -huh. and Tim looks sadly at the photo album in progress on the table. So, okay, okay. I, we we talked already ad nauseum about the mark and the identity thing earlier in this episode. This is the scene where it really seems to flip flop just for the sake of I don't know. I, I, they tell an interesting line here because I do mm -hmm. like Tim's reaction. Because he's like, oh, what's wrong? And he's like, why would you think anything's wrong? And he's like, well, clearly something's wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, like, he yeah. he, he makes an effort to not say that he's judging Mark. And I liked mm -hmm. that quite a bit. And wants yeah. to kind of investigate. There's clearly something going on. Uh, and so, you know, I'm here. Talk to me about it. You know, I'm your dad. Yeah. I want to know what's up. And I, I liked that. It's, I, I mean, yeah, th this is, th this episode ends with Tim doing some doing some really good father stuff not just in the not just in deciding not to abandon his family for six months to leave the earth but but also in the sense of just genuinely being concerned for his son and not just taking this attitude of like ah, you know people get broken up with they'll be fine eh, it's nothing you don't need to worry about your feelings like it's and it's yeah. sweet to see him engage in this way so i don't know i, I this is kind of an interesting pivot i wish it was like halfway through the episode so that we can get more of this. I always feel like we're deprived of, you know, the the more emotional or, or narrative versions of Mark's story. He always just seems to be kind of a, you know, a garnish on the, the meat of Tim's plate, but... <laughs> Weird. The, sa the sauerkraut <laughs> beside the kielbasa of Tim, yes. Yeah. Um, I want to... Maybe this might be starting a new tradition. I want to... He's... So I was noticing Mark's t-shirt <laughs> mm -hmm. oh boy a new corner is emerged we talked a little bit last week about um the shirt that uh mark was listening or wearing and uh, getting into what kind of metal is it that he's actually listening to he's wearing a t-shirt now for a band called sentenced and mm. i'm shocked at the the deep cuts like they're not just going with tool which Seems like it would be pretty apt, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's not Godsmack. It's not. Maybe we're dealing with copyright issues there or identity, you know, IP issues. But well, Mark is dealing the, the, with identity issues in this episode. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering if there's I, what what exactly is going on. But this is an actual T-shirt for an actual band that had an actual European tour in 1998 for. Uh, the band is called Sentenced. The album is called Amok. And I, I thought we could just experience what maybe um, this listen uh, this sounds like. Hit me with it. I want to hear Amok. Let's run Amok. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got two tracks uh, that seem to be calling out from Amok. Uh, the War Ain't Over. Hopefully this doesn't have <laughs> a long intro like the last one. Sounds like a long intro. Lots of lots of war noises, helicopters, gunshots. Extreme. I hear some. I hear some hi hats coming in though. 
Jesus. Okay, there's some bass. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wasn't expecting synths. Yeah. Dude. What? Are, are you becoming goth again listening to this? Is this what's <laughs> taking you back? <laughs> Sorry, I did lose myself a little bit there. I think I might check that out later. Ooh. I mean, yeah, this could be, a, you know, this, this could be a, a way to kind of uh, uncover some new musical tastes or some old musical tastes that are that are worth yeah. another look. I don't know how how I overlooked uh, uh, sentenced in my youth. I don't you, know. You, you should have taken your music cues from Mark Taylor, man. What were you doing? I don't know. I don't know. I was listening to you, Kitty. Yeah. All those years at Sam Goody and you didn't know what real good music was. <laughs> I'll stick up for Kitty. Um, okay. I don't know uh, Kitty, so I can't. I, I can't really comment. Kitty is a all all women uh, metal band. Uh, well, hey, you know what? Truman Caps says it's about time. <laughs> Tool man salute. <laughs> metal man salute. Yes. Uh, you have anything else for this scene? I don't know. I kind of like the exchange between Tim and Mark, but I don't have too much to say about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, Tim just telling Mark that other girls will come along. You shouldn't change who you are to impress people. Uh, you know, they should love you for you, etc. No, I mean, yeah, it's just, it, yeah, nothing else. Mark is just mad at Tim. He's at an awkward <laughs> age. Uh, okay, well, then, um, I don't know. I, I do, well, yeah, I'm not going to comment. We're getting late in the game here. So uh, Tim takes a look at, uh, after Mark tells him to go fuck himself, uh, Tim sees one of the old baby photos of Mark and... Uh, we get a little sweet moment as we transition to the backyard where we're met with a dragon head. What? Why, why would there be a dragon head in the backyard of this? Oh, it's Wilson, um, <laughs> who is painting his dragon head for the upcoming Moomba Festival. It is a <laughs> uh, some kind of Chinese cultural festival. Uh, Tim talks to Wilson about the troubles going on with Mark and him feeling like maybe it's not a good idea for him to abandon his family for six months to leave the planet. And, uh, <laughs> Wilson, uh, kind of says to him, yeah, well, you have to make the choice for yourself as to whether it's a good idea to abandon your family for six months <laughs> right before your oldest son leaves for college. I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to... <laughs> I, that as a plot line, I just don't think they explore it very well in this. Episode. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, they don't isn't really, that the whole yeah. thing of Close Encounters? What, what, what the, like the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah, yeah. Well, they yeah. have a whole movie to explain why he leaves his family. <laughs> like this is like thirty minutes, and it seems like the like in Close Encounters, the guy like his entire obsession now is being there. He feels like he will be bereft if he doesn't go with the aliens. Whereas this, it's like, oh, I want to go into space because it'll be cool. I get to use the tool. R, R, R. Like, that's, you know, that's if that's all I'm saying. If we didn't have such a long montage sequence, we could have had a a few scenes of Tim deliberating over whether or not he'll go and get a mashed potato parody uh, yeah. moment. We didn't get that. T Tim making a, uh, a Binford 2001 uh, power wrench <laughs> out of mashed potatoes because he's thinking about the, the mission so much. Exactly. Um, so what does Wilson say here? Because I have notes. 
Well, so Wilson tells Tim that he had similar issues uh, at when he was Mark's age, and Tim says, yeah, but you didn't shave your head. And Wilson goes, actually, I did, but I was living in Tibet at the time, and I wanted to be like the cool kids, which is probably the funniest line in the episode. Really like Agreed. that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, then ultimately Tim says, uh, or well, Wilson says to Tim, ah, well, when one is at home, he dreams of adventure. And when one is on an adventure, he dreams of home. And Tim goes, well, that doesn't really answer my question. To which Wilson responds, yes, but it does restate it in a very interesting way, which has kind of cracked the code of every Wilson scene on the show, I think. And that was my note, yes. Like, that's, that was, uh, uh, you know, patient zero for all of Wilson's advice. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we're having the same reaction we have to lots of Wilson scenes where it's like, yep, here's where Wilson gives Tim the kind of obvious advice that's been in front of us the entire time. <laughs> I, I don't even see it that deep anymore. I'm just like, yep, that's where Earl Hinman's contract is fulfilled this week. Let's that, go on to the next scene. Hey, Earl Hinman's kids are getting put through college, folks. <laughs> um. um we go to the next scene where Tim and Jill are uh, about to discuss whether or not he's going to go to space. Truman, what has he decided? Well, Tim has finished all of the photo albums that Jill has been working on. He's organized and put together everything. Yeah. They're all done. Uh, you know, don't, Tim, break your back doing the chores around the house that need to get done or no, you no, know, no, no, dealing no. with the kids or, no. you know, do, do the thing that Jill had pulled out as a hobby for herself Yes. Uh, to distract herself from her life. Do yeah, the thing ex- that doesn't need to be done. Exactly, exactly. Just just handle handle Jill's leisure activities for her so she can devote more time to raising <laughs> your kids. Uh, but Tim tells Jill that he's decided not to abandon his family for six months to leave the planet because he wants to make sure that his son is okay. And uh, Jill at first cannot believe that he's doing this, but then she sees Mark leaving for the mall all gothy again and... Uh, understands why Tim is doing this. And, uh, yeah, Tim explains that when he was Mark's age and his dad was dead, he spent a lot of time wishing that he had uh, his father around, and he wants to do that for his sons, which is really, like, you know, beautiful sentiment and a really good Tim moment. And, uh... You know, that's that's the thing. I I hate that that's tacked on to the end of this episode, because that is a very deep well in Tim's character, and... Like, I want to see him wrestle with that a little bit, not just, oh, yeah, I didn't have a dad. I think it'd yeah. be good if uh, my kids had a dad. Like, <laughs> I've tried it both ways, and uh, I, de- I definitely prefer having a dad. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel, there's these little moments I just kind of feel a little deprived of a better episode, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I've yeah. had those pains I'm, before. Look, we needed all 75 minutes of that montage. That's that's all there is. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, why? I mean, why do we have that montage? You're not even showing us NASA stuff. No, no, you're really not. Like, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the, 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 the training montage accomplishes nothing. It just, it shows us Tim failing at training in a million ways, and then it cuts to him telling us that he passed the training. We may as well just not have seen the training. Um, <laughs> agreed. Or seen uh, one really we get- good training scene. Yes. We get our stinger. Jill is uh, coming home, and uh, Tim is emerging from the garage. And she says, "Are you sure you're not disappointed about not going?" And Tim is in full flight gear, uh, coming out of doing something spacey in the garage. 
building a house of cards. Yeah, it's, um, I was really <laughs> expecting, because we hear him talking from the garage for a long time, clearly setting up that he's going to be wearing something goofy and NASA related. And yeah. when all he's wearing is a flight suit and like a bicycle helmet, it's like, I wanted Tim in a full space suit. You, you set this... up, you promised me a space suit. This whole episode really set up things it could not pay off, and I, yeah. I don't know. I, the more we talk through this, like, I was just more confounded by the episode after I finished it for the first time. Talking it through, I'm like, no, this episode sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I I respect it for, I guess, doing something weird that we weren't used to, but it's definitely not, I don't know, it's, it's not a great episode. They, they could have done... This episode where they could have hit the same emotional beats where like tool time live, they want to do a tour around the country and you'll be gone for six months. And Tim is really thinking about it. But then, oh, uh, Mark is having troubles and Tim has to decide between taking care of his son or going on this tour. And that way you wouldn't have had to have a big montage in there and could have just focused more on the emotional center and found the humor in that. We didn't get that. That is not what we we didn't get. We didn't get anything, and I feel like we even got a, n- a number of checkoffs fill in the blanks that didn't pay off in this episode. So yeah. I don't know, just the very big- underwhelming, not funny. It is what it is. The biggest checkoff moment that we did not get is uh, so Al was there in training the whole time mm-hmm. with Tim. Tim turns down the shuttle mission. Why is our stinger not Al in space? Al should get to go to space <laughs> instead of Tim. That is set Al right was up. never going to space. I mean, if we're being honest, the the test results, I mean, the way, I mean, in other episodes where Al is actually proficient and good at everything he does, yes, of course he's going to space. The break in character that they do in this episode and making him fail at everything he's doing and getting bad results, no, he would never be going to space. I don't so, know how Tim goes to space either, though, because I don't think his results are I, that no, much he better. Doesn't. Yeah, he's but cheating he could on his test. <laughs> he's, yeah. uh, everything about it is just like, no, this is, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't make sense. It breaks your character. Breaks with the tone of the show. It just, it's a, a, another episode of a different show. Lazy writing. I, I, sorry, I, Bruce and Lloyd, you have many episodes, but this ain't one of them. To, to actually, and on that note, before the stinger, like the last scene of the episode proper. You know, Jill is talking to Tim about how great it's going to be that they can have this last year together before Brad leaves for school, etc. And Jill says, of course, unless they decide to send me up to space instead. And Tim shakes his head and says, now nah, I checked out the facilities up there. I don't think you'd be too comfortable pooping in a pouch. And that's the joke we go out on is just pooping in a pouch. The old poop in a pouch joke. At least it's alliteration. You know, True. True. The, I'm trying the, to find yeah. some sort of silver lining here. Yeah, it was originally pooping in a bag, and then they were like, "Wait, how can we? How can we plus this one up? Wait, plus. What does the word plus start with? A P. What does the word poop start with? Wait, guys, pooping in a plus. And eventually, they got there. Um, to pouch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Truman, that's the end of this episode. What did What did we learn? Um, we learned that uh, space is the final frontier, but <laughs> perhaps the most exciting frontier to explore is the uh, uncharted frontier of uh, a 14-year-old boy going through puberty and having issues in his life. Um, what did you learn? <laughs> what did I learn? Wow. Um, 
You seem so unprepared for the question that you ask me every time. I know. I never am. Uh, I learned that we, as taxpayers, need to hold agencies more accountable for spending. Oh. Uh, I think we uh. need to see... <laughs> Sorry, I started pulling on a thread of a sweater that was going to unravel real quick. <laughs> I, I just... I, I, I hit the ejection seat. <laughs> My, my co-host Landon, the Senator Chuck Grassley, R. Iowa <laughs> man Solano here with you today. <laughs> you know, the words came out of my mouth before they really processed in my head. And I'm like, I, I can't even jokingly <laughs> go down that path. <laughs> no, I, I, let's just let's just take a hard libertarian turn in our last season. I mean, we're two white guys with a podcast. We're going to get there eventually. Um, no, well, look, even look, Landon, even I will agree. And me, the biggest fan of government spending in the world. Uh, yeah, we shouldn't be using government funds to send Tim Taylor into space. Use it to send anyone else into space, but yeah. not him. That is fraudulent spending. That is waste and abuse. Yeah, maybe we don't have to send every line item being spent to every taxpayer in the country, but, you know, at least some sort of discretion over, uh, you know, who we're really just wasting money on. We should. We. I think. I think that humanity should get a veto over who goes into space, mainly because I want to be able to. Can I, I get I, a tax credit? <laughs> like, can I? You. You had this gimmicky idea of sending a cable, a regional cable access, uh, tool host to space, and you didn't do it. Can you like at least refund me for what you spent testing him? Yeah, actually, yeah, you, you like one turn in that in that G-force chair is probably like forty million dollars or something. Like it, it, like for how weird his face looked, it cost a lot of the good old American green stuff to get it looking that way. I, I don't know how that benefits me, the taxpayer. <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay. Let's. Uh. We got one more thing to do before we end this episode, and that is uh, <gasps> the grunt count. count. Landon. How many grunts were there in this episode? I'm an honest person, Truman. Yeah, you certainly are, to a fault. To a fault. And I, I will be honest and say, and I think I even alluded to it at the beginning of the episode, that I thought there were zero grunts. I really did, and I was astonished that there were zero grunts when this is such a, a grunt, you know, fertile A gruntful episode, yeah. Topic. Yeah. Yes. But while watching it in the background while we did this episode, I did notice him grunting during the test. And yes. uh, about, you know, what was what was the, the third option that he ultimately didn't go with, but clearly it's what he would do? Going on a rampage with industrial strength farm tools. There you are. Uh, I think he grunted three times there. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, you got it. You figured it out. Three grunts. All right. Three classic grunts. cluster. Um, now here's here's a question: yeah. Do the grunts equate to the egregiousness of Tim? Like things got better when he stopped grunting. Now that he's grunting again, we're getting kind of older Tim version. I older mean, version of Tim. It's late here. It's past bedtime. This is still this is still our least grunty season, and Tim has been pretty True. egregious this season. I, I don't think that there's a strict correlation there. Okay, I mean, all right. Well, I, I got to ask the questions. It's part of the work. 
Look, there was the episode like two seasons ago where where they go to couples therapy and Jill realizes that she's just oh, too critical of Tim. And there's not really a lot of grunting in that episode, but it is probably Tim's most egregious. So yeah, I, I don't no, know. I hate that episode. Yeah, I, I do too. It out of my head. Well, it's back in your head now. You got to start blocking again. Damn it. Yep. All right. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't talk about in this episode? No, there's really nothing else I want to talk about right now. Um, nothing at all. <laughs> all right. I want to go I want to go, go into space where it is completely silent and I can just sit and reflect. Like the baby Very... at the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Very good. Then I'll keep this outro or this uh, this post amble uh, pretty short and just reiterate what we've been saying for the last couple episodes. We're coming up on our um, season break between Woo. season seven and eight. We're going to be Woo. doing a lot of bonus episodes. We got some movies lined up for you. We got some uh, the super spectacular, which I think there'll be a few fun. I don't want to say surprises, but uh, new segments in that. I, I don't know if I want to say fun either, but, uh, you know, there <laughs> will be a super spectacular. certainly be long. <laughs> It will be, yes. Um, so, uh, but we want to hear from you what kind of bonus episodes you want us to do. Uh, do you want us to go back and watch Barbed Wire, <laughs> the Pamela Anderson mm. movie that we never Ooh. watched? Oh, yeah. Uh, what What is it you want to hear from us um, as we take a kind of extended break between season seven and eight so that we can regather ourselves and bring you the best content in the last season of grunt work. You yes. tell us on Twitter, Instagram, or discord, wherever you can get a hold of us, let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. And with that, I guess, Sherman, did you know that grunt work is made possible by our patrons? If it you want to, <laughs> those you people today's episode and want to help us create this show consider becoming an official grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod where you can get access to all of our gruntwork nights episodes leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps people find the show stop by to say hi to us on twitter or instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash space <laughs> where you can also Find other information on today's episode. And until next week, when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, in space, no one can hear the effects of that breakfast burrito you had. <laughs> God, gross. Oh, no. Oh, no.